The Frankie Files. Cults, coercion, and sexuality in society. These are the topics for The Frankie Files. I'm Frankie Tease, your host, and I'll continue to focus on my own family story as well as news and recovery info for those who've survived, especially the adult children of cults. New each Tuesday. See FrankieFilesPodcast.com for more. It's Fourth Tuesday, and these are about cult kids, adult children of cults in general. What is it to be someone conditioned from birth or preteen in a cult? Let's discuss all the varieties us cult kids have to deal with. It's a lot. The series is each fourth Tuesday, so do make a note of that if you're a cult kid working on your stuff or if you care about someone that has these issues and want to love and understand us. The fact is, cult kids experienced a lot of neglect, and that means we have issues with feeling good, self-care, regular schedules, bizarre occult rituals, as well as a lot of clergy telling us what to do in our lives, with our time, and especially with our sex organs. But today I'm covering healing. Faith healing, spiritual healing, ritual healing, and just generally the lies that we were told which was a replacement for medical treatment. Cold kids are often made to suffer through their parents' life choices. In the book Uncultured by Daniela Mastenik-Young, Daniela grew up in the Children of God Christian hippie commune, Free Love, third generation. She was born in. One story that really stood out to me is she tells in her book being on a family outing as a young girl. And that day she slid down a steep hill returning from a great day at the beach. Her leg broke. She was made to endure days of pain without regular medical treatment or medication. But instead her fellow converts all surrounded her praying over her to heal her. The leg not being set from being broke, swelled and infected until they had no choice but to take her to hospital. Pain medication forbidden, I don't remember why in that church, and after her leg was finally set she was allowed to rest and heal but not even completely. The systemites, as the religion calls non-members, could influence her negatively so she had to be watched every minute and then removed too soon from the hospital. This is the type of stuff that goes on in religions and closed-in cults. It's totally normal. The reason for some of this original stuff gets so watered down and lost, they don't even often remember why you can't use modern medicine. In some religions, its toxic and chemical nature is the issue. And of course, I completely understand questioning science. It is imperative to do so, but even I myself do not remember seeing a doctor or dentist from about age 14 to 22. I remember very few did because of the belief that you're healthy because you're spiritual. In faith, the Holy Trinity, God, everybody upstairs will keep you safe and healthy. It's all mind. Yeah, of course, until it's not, right? The beliefs vary so much that you truly have to look past all the jargon and rhetoric to see the truth. One of the truths is continuous medical care is an exposure risk 
to the cult and religious community who want to operate in isolation from society. We've covered it in Synanon in previous broadcasts. I even talked to a journalist from the uh, Australia area who covered 12 tribes notably vicious to their members and denying them any medical care. The nurse, the doctor, staff may spot patterns of neglect or abuse, which would possibly spark an investigation into the cult or church's treatment of women and children victimized the most and find themselves most vulnerable in these closed-in groups. It means we have issues with feeling good, self-care, regular schedules. Let me explore the history and sweeping regularity and frequency of healing as a practice in many religions through time. Starting with some material from ResearchGate.net, disassociative rituals gave hominins an evolutionary advantage in terms of health through psychoneurological interconnections and social cohesion, through hypnotism and suggestion. These adaptive advantages led to the considerable presence of genes related to suggestion and disassociation, which are the psychological basis of the belief in spirits. Life after death, magical thinking, and religion in general, McLennan, 2006. Similarly, Michael Wildeman considers ritual practices as producing integrative modes of consciousness, which we favored by natural selection because of their ability to generate physiological, psychological, and social homostasis. So as far as healing, it has been through many filters since man sat around a hearth in the dark, staring at hypnotic fire and entering trances. The power is in the mind, apparently, regarding healing, and this idea quoted seems to suggest that hypnosis has been involved in the healing from the start. Continuing at ResearchGate.net, fire is reputed to have a hypnotic influence that could have enhanced the transcendent power of fireside religion ritual behavior over time, affecting human cognition, Rasano. Continuing from ResearchGate.net on the topic of healing, Father Anton argued that sickness and low mood are merely questions of faith, since there is no evil. It is thus simply by faith that one can be healed, faith in oneself and in the Father who, by imposing hands, could pass his fluid to those who could believe to be healed. Such a theory was accepted by many workers as a source of religion. It is understood that such a convincing appeal had to be reduced when the health care and other social conditions of workers improved, end quote. The article lists shaman, Catholic Pentecostals, modern medicine, and placebo healing, Celtic healing, and India as some of those practicing faith healing. And I searched more of the net to see what religions are famous for healing, such as LDC Church or um, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Lutheran, New Age religion. According to gotquestions.org, Divine healing is a supernatural act 
which resolves a physical, emotional, or spiritual problem. In a Christian context, the supernatural element is God. Many times, though, the agency of the Holy Spirit. Many times through the agency of the Holy Spirit. Islam uses rugya or incantations, to cure diseases by countering black magic and casting out jinn. Tibetan Buddhists include elements of medicine, mantra, and meditation. Pantheism, like New Age philosophy or cosmic humanism, use a wide variety of techniques from ancient religions and the occult, i.e. astrology, witchcraft, wicca, the black arts, fortune-telling, magic, black and white, Ouija boards, tarot cards, spiritism, parapsychology, and Satanism. They state that the constant among these views of divine healing is the necessity of ritual. Healing in the non-Christian religious view requires a physical ritual to coerce a deity into action or to manipulate an impersonal healing force. Christian Bible Roots Approximately one-fifth of the gospel narrative is devoted to Jesus' healing ministry. At the start of his ministry, Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people, according to Matthew 4.23. Later, Jesus gave his disciples authority to heal the sick. After Jesus' resurrection and ascension, the apostles continued healing many. Acts records a number of healings by Peter, John, and Paul. What's interesting about this to me is all the gray areas. In New Age religion where I was raised, I remember the preaching that if you were sick, it's because of your own thoughts. There is zero tolerance for weak, sick people. Even the leader herself in Morningland was ill at the time of my departure. That was 1987, coughing up to the point of needing medicated cough syrup. She died about 20 years after I left, and she was only in her 50s. What's the saying, physician, heal thyself? Because she was a spiritual master who claimed healing. This was one of their griffs. If you've been following the cult of Love Has Won, they're still active as 5D Full Disclosure, a splinter group and the original male part of Love Has One claims to do esoteric healing of the body from the fifth dimension. Now that their leader has died, they claim she's in the fifth dimension and that they are channeling her and could still heal you remotely through the computer via YouTube. Ironic, Love Has One's original leader died of poisoning which she was taking as a COVID cure. Okay. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com This is the stuff where I get off the elevator. Yeah, energy is unseen and real. Yes, current can be manipulated, but at what point does it become the charlatan playing games of ego and audacity with no intent or ability to heal? How do we accept there is unseen energy and at the same time reject the outlandish idea that people can heal someone with a hand floated over the chakra 
or by a word, you're healed. And the Bakers did all that on TV for years. We're not even getting into the TV evangelistic faith healing who received millions of dollars in the case of the Bakers. Can you say scam? What about Reiki? Reiki is described by their official website is a Japanese technique for stress reduction and relaxation. Comment. Okay, see, this is plain and down to earth. It is not religious, but that's not what a Reiki practitioner will say, and I've met them. But this fits with the earlier excerpt about the fact that healing and shamanism is as old as time, and it focuses on getting the brain to relax and minimize stress and pain. Reiki, it says, is administered by laying on hands and is based in the idea that unseen life force energy flows through us and is what causes us to be alive. If anyone's life energy force is low, then we're more likely to get sick or feel stress. If high, we are more capable of being happy and healthy. My comment is, There is a scientific research to show that if your body is resonating at a high hertz or frequency, you are more able to deal with any illness, infection, inflammation than if you are vibrating at a low frequency. Things that cause low vibration are bad foods with no nutrition like frozen foods and dried and canned foods, fear, anxiety, and stress, as well as fatigue and lack of rest. If you want to check that out, research information on Hertz, H-E-R-Z, and frequency of food. It's pretty interesting. Back to Reiki. The word is made of two Japanese words, Rei, meaning God's wisdom or higher power, and Ki, K-I, which is life force energy. So Reiki means spiritually guided life force energy. They claim it is not a religion, but a practice of healing. How does aversion to Western medicine affect an adult child of a cult in their life? For me, there's a fundamental unfamiliarity with the doctor experience and an open mind to alternative methods, which I cannot say is a bad thing at all. I have often nearly fainted in hospitals attributing to some odd skin remembers moments, flashbacks I can't even account for. And when you grow up in the occult, well, you who have family generations in know exactly what I mean. Stuff gets weird. I've been open to using herbs and remedies instead of cutting, learning about our bodies and internal medicine through old and proven things like Epsom salt and apple cider vinegar or fresh herbs like cilantro and cumin and the like. But we all know there are times that emergencies present a problem with those methods. There's a balance to be had and at some point we have to put our feet on the ground except that healing as it was presented in the cult we were raised in is a bunch of hooey. Well, I recognize wholly that Western society medicine isn't always the answer to everything. Its dominance or preference for cutting and drugging everyone, I also recognize that the idea, the very concept, that all ailments are a self-reflection of your doubt of or your faith in God is a dangerous precipice, especially because As an agnostic, and that's a little disclosure to you listeners, God isn't provable, but articulated by man and most often literally by a man, 
So come on, there is a bias there. Gender bias, father figure, all that is presupposed as true before you even get to believing in him for faith healing. It's easy to be neglectful with this stance. To blame an ill person who may be a victim of another type of illness or issue that we could neglect too easily with the cavalier idea. It's all your fault. Then it's easy to use the person's illness on them as gaslighting situation in a cult. All before anyone has even determined if this is a life-threatening illness or event that needs immediate medical attention. That can lead into a cry for an exorcism, because then you're overtaken by a bad force, spirit, or energy, and need to be expunged of it immediately. The cult thinking seems to show up quite a bit around any illness. And thanks for that again, authors of the Bible, whoever you are. Because sorry, we know that Jesus didn't write it, since it was what, a hundred years after he died that the Bible was written? Based upon oral traditions, and we know how great human memory is, and that things are never recorded in history without propaganda or bias. Never. <laughs> so back to faith healing, I went to grunge.com, an article by Minna Elwell, February 14th, 2023, pretty recent. She says, faith healing is defined as a method of treating disease by prayer and exercise of faith in God. She starts, while people of the faith might pray for good health, faith healing is typically associated with forms of Christianity. One theory discussed is that prayer is a form of meditation, and meditation has proven medical benefits, such as lowering heart rate and boosting immune response. Another possibility is that these relying on faith healing experience the placebo effect, which has been shown to benefit patients with all types of conditions. Spontaneous remission or regression to the mean may occur after faith healing, causing the patient to believe that prayer caused the improvement. Anything that improves the patient's morale is generally considered positive, but for some, faith healing is anything but harmless. Famously, scammers claiming the ability to heal the sick have bankrupted ill believers for their own gain. Some sects that believe in faith healing have also condemned the use of medication and treatments by physicians and believers, and their children suffer deadly consequences from treatable diseases. A little side note there, the 12 tribes has been accused of neglect to the point of finding stillbirths on the property buried from the lack of nutrition of the parent. So there's a lot going on with 12 tribes in the neglect of medical attention and the, quote, believe only in the faith healing. To go on with the article, the Old Testament understanding of disease is that it was a direct consequence of the actions of the sick person. It was believed that a person's health would improve if they obeyed the Lord's wishes. My comment, well, yeah, adultery breeds disease, but uh, the rest, so harsh. Continuing from grunge, 
disease was a curse performed and placed on human beings by God. More harsh, huh? The Lord would use sickness to destroy people who did not serve him. Getting well again would be seen as having begun to live a holy life and being forgiven by God. Prophets and priests would make sacrifices on behalf of the sick and suggest treatments. Asking for medical treatment from somewhere other than the Lord was thought to be at best useless and at worst a sin. There it is. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com God is the ultimate gaslighter. (laughs) His healing should be enough. And if you have not gotten better, there's something wrong with you and you should be punished. Go pray about it and figure it out. What's so crazy about this is how irresponsible it is. I mean, let's say a guy went to the butcher to get some beef. He got some weird disease and was bedridden. He would be thought to not live in God's grace as a result. And it's his fault he's sick. Well, it could be the mad cow as well, huh? Incredible to see the roots of this is biblical. Of course it is. Why am I surprised? Back to grunge.com. Some early Jews thought that looking for treatment from anywhere other than the Lord was proof that they did not trust God the Savior completely. Others viewed methods such as doctors, herbs, medical compounds, and rigid diet as also coming from God. While faith healing is often associated with Christians, some modern Jews also believe in faith healing. Rabbis tend to permit at least certain incantations as medically effective and halalically permitted. Prayer is a form of faith healing which is widespread in Jewish practice. In the New Testament, Christ healed blindness, deafness, disability. Physical healing was secondary to his spiritual ministry, though. Without his Godward incentive, healing had no value. Jesus' method, he was depicted as casting out demons. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> Christ also gives the apostles power against unclean spirits to cast them out and heal all manner of sickness. Many medieval priests denounce some treatments as magical, sacrilegious, while endorsing exorcism and amulets as holy. A 1210 manual for pastors advises faithful priests should impress on their people so that they know that magic arts and incantations cannot bring about any remedy for any human illness, nor can they heal in any way animals which are weakening or lame or even dying. But rather, these things are snares and traps of the ancient enemy, with which he profuseously labors to entice the human race. As stated by Britannica, many believe that if a sick woman lay on the cross, an illness would be cured. By the Middle Ages, both saints and their relics were believed to be able to perform miracles. In Catholicism, Our Lady of Lourdes in France is believed to have the power to heal. About six million people visited Lourdes every year to begin the process of becoming a saint, not martyred. Supporters must prove that they perform a miracle. The cure must happen instantly, be complete and permanent. 
In the LDS Church, Brigham Young is quoted as telling his followers, When I lay hands on the sick, I expect the healing power and influence of God to pass through me to the patient and the disease to give way. Grunge says that the most famous example of faith healing in the modern world comes from Christian science. Quote, Curing disease through prayer is not only possible, but mandatory for its believers who are seeking redemption. End quote. Church of Christ scientists dates back to the late 1800s when Mary Baker Eddy recovered from a fall after reading about Christ's ability to heal in the New Testament. James Randi did his own investigation, and the article in Grunge quotes him as saying, Faith healing is like doing a magic act disguised as religious miracles. The right to practice religion freely does not include liberty to expose the community or child to communicable disease or the latter to ill health or death. Supreme Court Justice Redledge wrote, Parents may be free in identical circumstances to make martyrs of their children before they have reached the age of full and legal discretion when they can make that choice for themselves. It's astonishing how much room faith healing, new age healing, and others gives to abuse. When a lot of these organizations are religious and community groups posing as positive impact, they're really sacrificing the individual for the profit of a few at the top, as usual. This really didn't touch the surface of impact of faith healing on adult children of cults, but we'll get more into it as time goes on. And it did introduce the issue, which needs much more exploring. Thanks for listening to Frankie Files podcast and keep critical thinking. Cults, coercion, and sexuality in society. These are the topics for the Frankie Files. I'm Frankie Tease, your host, and I'll continue to focus on my own family story as well as news and recovery info for those who've survived, especially the adult children of cults. New each Tuesday. See FrankieFilesPodcast.com for more. The Frankie Files.